everybody. Happy Saturdays. Be Mr. Minifield with Pinpoint. Y'all know today we're doing our Pinpoint podcast. We normally do it every single Wednesday, but I guess we had to accommodate him because we shift things around for our guests. That's special, which y'all know with Pinpoint, all guests are very special. This is a very special guest to me, near and dear to me. He's my brother from another mother as well. I love to interview people who have, has faced um, trials and tribulations, adversities in their life. And this young man has done that in his life, coming out of um, Brooklyn, New York. So we're gonna talk to him. His name is um, Mr. Shamik, Timothy Reed, you know, AKA Shamik, my main man. You know, so we're gonna, that's what we're gonna talk about today. His meal of choice, he's a simple guy. Um, what we're doing today, of course y'all know, for all our guests, we like to feast with them, to get to know them, get to comfortable, be real comfortable with them, and this is what they are today. So we are here on this beautiful Saturday. It's a little cloudy, but it's still a beautiful day because we live in, right? So anyway, today what we doing is uh, Chef Jail's famous um, boudin, straight from Houston, Texas. All right, and then we got some uh, smoked chicken. So we're doing some smoked things today. A couple of other things we're going to be putting on the inside. But, again, y'all know with Pinpoint Podcast, all things always real estate. He will purchased homes, did things in the past. And we're just going to talk about with him about the thing that he did and doing very well today after the things that he's gone through his life. Hey, y'all know me, Mr. Menifee, and we're here to talk about at the Pinpoint Podcast, like all things real estate, but today this gentleman is gonna tell you something about his past and talk about the things that's going on in today's world. Hey, stay tuned, Pinpoint Podcast, out. Hey everybody, everybody, welcome to Pinpoint Podcast, and today, Pinpoint Podcast, we hosted it on a Saturday. Saturday to accommodate our special guest today, as you know, with Pinpoint Podcast, all guests are special. But this is a very special guest of mine, just like all of them, because it's my other brother from another mother coming out, well, I'm going to let him tell you where he's from, but first, y'all know, Pinpoint Podcast, we always got to give a toast. And with the toast is for just being here. We thanking them for coming out of and gracing us with their presence on our podcast to talk about things that we hope somebody out there can hear from. Hey, you know it's all things real estate. Pick one podcast. No doubt. Now for to introduce y'all to Mr. Reed and uh, Mr. Reed, won't you tell them? Um, where you from? G- give them your name and where you from, and then we jump into the podcast. I government's name Timothy Reed, well known by Shamik Shorty from Brooklyn, New York, preferably Red Projects all day. All day, every day. All day, every day. All day, Red every day. Red all day. So let's talk about this here, Shamik. We we're gonna tell you, Shorty, Shamik. Whatever, whatever. Like. All right, let's go with the Shorty. Alright, because that's the that's where that's the inception of where I come from. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So tell us what brought you down here to um from a net, from um New York all the way here. You from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, Brooklyn, South Brooklyn. Well, well, um, well, you know, it comes from being, you know, engulfed in the streets, you know, being in certain situations and 
know, uh, having done things and, 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 and stuff like that, it, it led me to Atlanta. But right. like, you, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, like, what do you mean? Like, what led me here? Led yeah, me what, what got you here? I mean, you used the word engulfed in the streets. Just kind of elaborate on that. Cause well, what we're talking about here is we always talk about everything at the end of real estate. You know, we put you in the house, but we'll touch bases with that later. Yeah. But I like to bring bring the people who um, watch our podcast about the character of the person we interview and tell us, like you said, engulfed in the streets. What made you make the decision to come here? Actually, it wasn't it, it wasn't even my decision to come to Atlanta. Even though I had mad roots in Atlanta, that was unbeknownst to me. But um, I didn't even know that, that I, like my grandfather, my mother's dad, is uh, born and raised in, 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 in Georgia. You know, I think preferably like LaGrange, Georgia. But when I had a situation in, um, in, in, in Red Hook, and you know, I was, I was on the run and stuff like that, and one of the things my mom told me, she was like, yo, you're going to Atlanta. I was like, Atlanta? I'm like, what am I doing in Atlanta? I don't, the only thing I know about Atlanta is like the, the South, and I didn't, never really thought that, you know, I, w I, w I wasn't really like connected to Atlanta. So right. you know I mean, I know that my, like my brother, prior to me having a situation, my older brother had a situation, he went to Atlanta. My uncle had a situation, they went to Atlanta. So it was like a, a exodus of us like yeah you know, kind of like me <laughs> i was blessed with yeah, the situation yeah, and yeah, i came to atlanta yeah, and i ain't no one yeah, soul yeah. so in atlanta like, you get in trouble you get shipped to atlanta you know what i mean <laughs> right so, like, it was just like that was the thing to do like in new york you know everybody have roots in in, in the south so anytime you get into any type of situation the first thing that your parents probably would say like oh you're going down south because like just, 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 just to think back, when we was coming up, <clears throat> excuse me, when we was coming up, you know, I used to go to, used to go to, uh, uh, to the south for the summer. So, you know, naturally, you know, your roots is, uh, you know, what I'm saying, uh, the origin or you know, what I'm saying, the inception of who you are comes from right the south. Because everybody so, from the south went up north. Went up north. The when it was slavery exactly. and running, like everybody wanted Detroit, to try to get up north. You know right. what I'm saying? As far as the, the, the you know what I'm saying, Detroit, the exodus during that time. So when you get in trouble, the first thing your mom say, yo, you're going to where their roots are from. And my roots are from Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Atlanta. I already right. had my uncles and my brothers down here. So when I got into a situation, she was like, yo, you know, you might, might want to think about going to Atlanta. So when you, when you, when you got up and got to Atlanta, you put your two feet on this Georgia soil. Exactly. Tell me what was your thought and said, what I need to do to make money. I know you said you was engulfed in the streets and exactly. you living a much better life now, but let's talk about how one get in the streets. Cause you know, a lot of people, um, a lot, lot like today in today's world, you see a lot of entertainers um, mm -hmm. act the street life. A lot of, exactly. I don't know if they've been in the streets or not, but a lot of them most is of them act not. right. Most of them, um, they, if not, they act like they in streets. Everybody want to act hard. Everybody want to be a gangster. But that's a life that, when you born into it, is kind of like exactly. you adapted, and then you got to make a name for yourself. So, exactly. you got a name for yourself in Red Hook, Brooklyn, yeah. one of the toughest projects in the state of New York, right? Exactly. 
And then you come down here on this um, soil, but you had brothers, unlike me, I ain't have a soul. Exactly. What you say now, what you gonna do? Because right now, at this point, you're young, in your early 20s. Exactly. What I'm gonna do? You're still engulfed in the streets, still with the same mentality. Mm. When I, it, it was crazy because like, when my, when my mom told me that, that like, like I used to consider coming to Atlanta, you know what I mean? You know, mind you, I'm on the run. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm moving around Brooklyn and, and, and Manhattan or whatever. I got friends that's, you know, kind of like, you know, allowing me to kind of like, you know, stay there, you know what I'm saying? But they have their own situations and stuff like that. So, and it wasn't conducive to me being in the position that I was in. So it was more haphazard because they dealing with whatever they dealing with because they're in the streets just as well. So it's not like I'm going to somebody's house that's, you know, a law-abiding citizen and stuff like that. I'm going to somebody else's house that's also in the streets. So it's not like I'm going from being... From, from worse to better. Worse to better. I'm from worse to worse is not equal. Exactly. I'm going from worse to equal. You know what I mean? Because they have a situation and then they're, they're home just as well. So I, I felt like, oh my God, this is not. So, but, but now you're here in Atlanta. What so, you, what you, the occupation, you know, you got, we got to generate some income. No, no, no. Just, just to, just to, just to go back a little bit. So prior to my, like once my mom told me that I need to consider this situation in order for me not to get caught up in, in the streets in, in New York, I, um, I travel here. Me, my brother, and my, and, and the best friend of mine, we travel here. We come down, we drive, and we come down, we kind of like, you know, see what it's about and stuff like that. Prior to me even considering it, I had to come and see what it was about. So once I came, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can, I can do this. So I go back home, I come back. And when I come back, you know, I get with my uncles and them. Come on, this is, these are the guys that I, I really actually looked up to from street politics right. and stuff like that. Right. So I'm like, oh, okay, these dudes is kind of like moving around as if, as if they was in Queens because they from Queens and I'm from Brooklyn. So, you know, we should, you know, everybody used to go back and forth. They'd come to Brooklyn and I'd go to Queens and, 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 and certain, you know, certain situation. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to try this out. You know what I mean? It beats going to jail for 25 years. Like, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to always entertain anything outside of going to prison. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I came down. I, I, I stayed for a little while. You know, I left Did you stay life. in the streets, though? No, no, no. I, I don't necessarily get into the streets because I'm on the run. I can't get into the streets. Like okay. That. I can't move around as if I'm not on the run. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm kind of like taking the information. It's more about taking the information because it's, it's, it's new to me. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the South. I've never been to the South. Right. And, and had I been to the South, it would unbeknownst to me because I probably was a little dude or whatever. But I've never been to the South. So now, I'm, as, a, as a young adult, I have to take in the information. I got to actually see how my uncles are moving. Because, you know, the way you move in New York doesn't really necessarily mean you're going to move like that in the South. You can move in New York as a general and be in the South as a lane. Mm -hmm. So I had to see really, truthfully, how they was moving, because Brooklyn dudes don't move like Queens dudes. It's, 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 
You know, even though you're, you're, you're in these, 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 these five boroughs, each borough moves differently. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? I'm a Brooklyn dude, so I'm not going to move the way a Queens dude moved. So when I came down here, I was like, let me see how these dudes is moving prior to me getting involved in them because they could be moving reckless and get me caught up. So right. I came down here and I kind of like fell back and just took in information and just... Basically, you was doing your math. Facts. I was doing mathematics because, you know, as a young dude, even though I was young at age, I still was receptive to what was going on. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, I haven't been around my uncles in, you know, X amount of years. I still don't... I, like, even though this is your family and stuff like that, that doesn't mean that once you, you know, not around them for a certain period of time, you have to get to learn these people again, even though that's your family. You still don't know them. You know, so I got to learn what they was doing. I got to, you know, really learn the environment. And then I, I, I adapted to it after going back and forth to New York several times before I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And so after you did that, we'll go back to the original question. Exactly. What you start doing when you jump into the Pinpoint Podcast, baby? You ain't got to be I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. What you jump into, because we all got to go somewhere and figure out how to start making money. Like with me, when I came, when, when I was blessed out of a situation in, in, from Houston, yeah. like I say, I, did, I, I had no plans on moving to Atlanta, not at all. I ain't know nothing about Georgia, nothing about Atlanta, no family, no yeah. friends, no yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. I was gonna move to New York, exactly. and my old school said, hey man, you too violent for New York, and New York too violent for you. I said, I'm gonna move to LA. Exactly. He said, you too violent for L.A. Yeah. and L.A. too violent for you. I said, what the fuck you mean? He said, man, those are places like Houston and you a violent nature. You like X, Y, Z. Exactly. Ride with me to Atlanta. I see what it's about. And yeah, I'm going to pick up my kids. We're going to be down there for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and just check it out. Now, I lived in Houston off of Beach Nut and Corporate Drive at the time. Exactly. I always had my own place in 17. So what I did from there... Came down here, kicked the senior high over the, down in two weeks. Oh, man, I think I can make it here a lot better because all of my partners and friends start going to prison. Mm. You know what I mean? Start getting cases. Mm. I had a case where it could have sent me to the joint for 15 to life is what they're looking at. That's why I say I never beat a case. Mm -hmm. I was blessed. It, obviously, Sorry. God had it dismissed, so I thank God for that. But, and it's over 30 years ago, so that's what I say. I got to get out of Houston. Exactly. So when I came down here, kind of like yourself to help you understand, I've paid attention, did my math. So I worked at labor pools. See, a lot of people look at me and think, oh, you got this, you got that, but you don't realize I did a lot of sacrifices. Exactly. Now, what labor pools are, you go to a labor pool, and you work. sit and, and hope they pick you. Exactly. I'm a little guy. I would never get picked. The only reason why I got picked to go out on a job because is because I had a car. And I could put other people in the car with me and I get paid, I think it was back then, six dollars, six or ten dollars per head, whoever I put in my car, exactly. plus whatever they paying so me. You packing them in there. Exact. You follow me now, mind you, exactly. I'm straight from the streets. Exactly. So I ain't worried about no no strangers in the car with me because I still I'm still this type of person. Yeah. But that's what started me understanding Atlanta, because they were sending me so many different jobs. As a matter of fact, Fifth Plaza. Right across from Lennox, 
that was a job they sent me on for a while. And um, we was on the roof. And it was real hot. I passed out. It was so goddamn hot. Now, I'm used <laughs> to making money. I ain't used to doing this shit. <laughs> but that was my base of yeah. moving around. And that's how I learned Atlanta real good. But, but, so that's what I'm saying. Like, the money part, see, what happens? Because we all got a, a, a basis because you're doing blessed now. See, Let's like, talk about from the streets to where you got to. Okay. Like me, the, the exception of me coming to Atlanta, I was fortunate enough to, as far as with Brooklyn, that I had brothers. You know what I mean? And what, 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 what happened? Oh, so you got brothers. Just talk about the money. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm going to get to that. You know, everybody that has a situation in New York, when you come down, like far as coming up where I was at, like far as my team, once one leave on a situation, the next one takes over. Mm. And then the next one takes care of the person that leaves. So this is, this is the uh, protocol of my, 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 my own family. Right. You know what I mean? So once I had to leave, like, when, like we go back to my older brother, my brother Just. You know, once he had to go, he had a situation. He decided not to face it. You know what I'm saying? And it was never questioned. Right, said, right. This is not what I'm trying to do. I'm out. So we said, okay, that's what you, 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 you're trying to do. That's what you decide to do. You're going to be taken care of. Don't even worry about it. When you go to, or to, to the South, you're gonna, um, we're going to make sure you're good. You know? And, you know, and, 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 and. So the same thing happened for you. Exactly. So you, you know, ain't have to really do nothing because your family tight knit. There's always somebody who's gonna always take your place. It's just like in, just in life, you know. Once you come to like when you know, I'm talking about just 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 like in the game, you know, you're gonna always you you, you the game the, the the man at the top is always expendable. You know what I mean? Meaning that when you in a certain situation and your time has surpassed. Somebody else is going to take your place. It's the thing about the person that's going to take your place. Are they going to be loyal enough to make sure you're straight? And with my family, that's what we 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 we, we live by. So when 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 I had to leave, my brother took my place. You know what I mean? I left. Him it all made sure you financially exactly. straight out here. Exactly. I left him all my connections until you until you picked exactly. up the pace. Exactly. So when I left. Prior to me leaving and stuff like that, I made sure that all the connections that I had, I, I, I bestowed it upon him. And I told him, like, yo, do your thing. This is what I need from you monthly in order for me to not be able to be in a position where I'm at, you know, until I figure out where I'm at and what I'm getting ready to do. I need you to do this for me, but I'm going to leave you all these connections. And now you're that dude. Wow, so, that, that's deep because a lot of young men, they don't do that in today's world. Exactly. They, just, they, they feel like, yeah. what allegiance, like the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. So, Nobody pledges the allegiance to their people for real, that show that real loyalty. And, you follow and what I'm saying? This comes from years prior to me even dealing with my actual brothers. I came from a lineage of, uh, of, of dudes that, you know, like, like, prior to me even getting into the game with my family, I was already on the street doing what I needed to do in order to solidify a situation to where that we were able to do what we would do, what we can do as a family. So after you figured all that out, 
Now you place here. Exactly. You you left your brother with 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 the, with the script. Exactly. He followed it to the T, to the letter. Exactly. Then now you start putting your feet on the ground. Exactly. Now you move around. I know you used to be out there in the bluff and everywhere else. Exactly. How you end up being out there in the bluff? To what took you to where the situation where you end up going to the joint and all that coming out who you are. Right. So uh, how long were you here before you say okay now I'm ready to rock? Even though that situation is still on your head. It's, it's crazy because, like, you know, when I came down here, my uncles, my uncle born and my uncle Matt, if I give mad credit to these, they solidified dudes. They down here, they they maneuvering, you know, since the, like the 80s, 87. My uncle Matt came down here in like 86, 85, 86. And he didn't so, take man, no sip of your drink, he yeah, ain't yeah, hookah. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. get relaxed. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you the inception of the evolution, not the inception, the evolution of where I'm at today and why I think the way I think, right. why I move the way I move today. You know what I mean? I'm comfortable with it, you know what I mean? And I'm, 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 and I'm happy and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, like, you know what I'm saying, not tripping. But um, my Uncle Mav came down in like 85, 86 to Atlanta. Then prior to him coming down, I mean, um, um, after, uh, after he, Touched down to Atlanta. My uncle Bourne came down after he did his bid up in New York. He went upstate. He had a situation in Queens. Went upstate, came home. Math already had a little situation down here, so Bourne came down. You know what I mean? Then 92, my brother. My 1992. 1992. <laughs> yeah, then my older brother had a situation in Red Hook. And he decided to come down too. So it was just like a, you know, like a like a domino effect. Right. You get right. Fuck, you get fucked up in the PJ. Like this is my family, not 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 the neighborhood. This is our thing. You right. get fucked up, you go to Atlanta. Right. You know what I mean? This is what my mother like literally told me. Like yo, like, you going to Atlanta because this is what she. This is this is this is her. This is this is this is her evolution. Like you get fucked up, you go down south. So this is this is like the hub for you to rejuvenate it and, and go exactly. back and kind of decide exactly. what it is you really want to do exactly. or trying to do. Exactly. So I get down here. You know, I'm moving. You know, I'm moving somewhat strategically because my thing, the situation that I have in New York, is 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 bad. You know what I mean? <coughs> I right. I can't make no mistakes. If I if I make a mistake. I'm gonna get extradited or, or what have you and face whatever I had to face in New York. But in the process of that, you know, my uncles and them down here, when I do realize and do do the math, these niggas is not no slouch niggas in Atlanta. They like really moving around, you know what I mean? So once I got out here, I kinda like watch them how they move. I, I, it's crazy because I um, it took me like about a, about a year before I even really said, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. Right. Okay. This is way beyond where I come from, and the and, and the money is just fucking bananas. Right. And you know the level of of of, of, of the um, how can I say? The the the. Or dangerous, it's not that dangerous. Like the woods back in Red Hook. Exactly. Okay. I don't have to be as violent as I was in Red Hook 
or be engulfed because you, you know rap is just like a cesspool. You know, it's it's just a given. Summertime is gonna be war. Wintertime is gonna be it's gonna be war regardless. You know what I mean? It's whether you're up to war or not. You know what I mean? And you gotta be so strategic in, in where I, where I come from. Like you can't be where I was where I come from and not be ready for war. You you hustle to get ready for war. Mean, meaning that. And ain't, ain't that something right there where you say, a lot of people don't understand, go back to the entertainers today and everybody. Exactly. You hustle to make money, to get the women, to get the materialistic items, but at the same time, you got to always be understanding, be ready for war. Facts. Now, the word peace is nowhere in there, associated, affiliated, concentrated, or nothing with what your life is at that point. So now you here from Red Hook. You paid attention. You out here for a year. All right, my uncle and them got this popping. I got a case still pitting over my head, but at this point, I'm ready to go ahead and test the water, put my pinky toe, put my big toe in the water, in the pool. You know how when you get ready to get, dive in the pool, exactly. you keep testing it and testing it till somebody say, man, drop your ass in the goddamn pool because what's going to happen your body temperature is your, your your body temperature is gonna adjust to the temperature of the pool. Exactly. It ain't the, that the pool done got warm. It's just your body adjusted, and a lot of people don't have to understand it. So now that adjustment is here. <laughs> now, here it is. What made you shorty of the south? Not shorty of the south as in oh I'm taking over the south, no. but just now Shamik down here. Incorporate, incorporate, incorporated myself. Right. This is different totally right because what I did actually what we did was because I'm not going to take no credit for something that I like I just came and did it myself what we did was was my uncle math he was um he was um always he was always he, he was like the, he was always in the street he knew who was who and what was what so at one particular time you know, when I came down here, my uncle was security for, for, for the flea markets. The um, old national flea market, Five Point flea market, Greenbury flea market. So these is where all the people that's doing things are going to. You right. Know, forget gold teeth. From gold teeth. Now, mind you, you're dealing with an environment that's literally, when I came down here in 91, 92. 1991. <laughs> Literally, you're dealing with an environment that is literally 15 removed from where you're from. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Now, you know, you're talking about gold teeth and like, we was wearing gold teeth in like 81, 82. They're doing gold teeth and being so enamored by it in the 90s. Like, we like, yo, bro, we was doing gold teeth in like 82. So. They are so far removed from us that y'all always New York and LA always been more advanced. Exactly. With marketing and everything exactly. else, from the streets exactly. to the marketing exactly. and all that. It doesn't mean the 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 the, um, the 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 imminent danger is not as conducive to other predominant cities like New York, Houston, Chicago, Brooklyn, New Orleans, New Orleans. These, these these other cities. It's just that they're not 
monetarily advanced, meaning that, you know, gold teeth here to, at that particular time in 91, 92. 1900. You, you got it. 1900. They didn't gold teeth <laughs> in 91, 92. We was getting gold teeth in 81, 82. So they are literally 10 years removed. So me coming into this environment, I'm looking like, okay, these dudes is not as advanced. advanced. So my danger, like my, my, the level of, of aggression, I don't have to put forth as much because these dudes is not as, as, as advanced as I am. And my uncles have been here before, so they guided me through certain situations. So what made me go to the situation as far as going back to the street was my uncle actually was working as a bouncer at um, on Gabby Road, Playboy Palace. Remember that shit? Right, of course. And you know, you know, all the celebrities used to come through there and stuff like that. I remember at times I was sitting in there, you know, actually on the run. I'm sitting in there two shorties in a booth with 90 chicks and stuff like that. And me and my brother Prim, we going there and we just like, yo, look at this shit, bro. Like, yo. Selena, and we see it like like real celebrities. So we, so I'm like, okay, cool. So one particular time, a situation transpired where my uncle had met a certain individual, and my uncle, you know what I'm saying, had dealt with this individual, and then with the blessing that he was bestowed upon, he was given. We call that blessings. Yeah, we call that blessings at the time. Yeah. You know, uh, that could have been the, the curse, but uh, in our mind, it fixated minds, it was no, blessing. I call it the blessing because it led me to where I'm at today. Had, right. that, had that not transpired, I don't know where I would be at today. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Because even though it was a, a you could say, a, a negative blessing, because all negative blessings doesn't mean. Nah, I know. I that was just. No, 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 no. I'm not. This is nothing. I'm just saying that was the inception of where it led me to where I'm at today. Because dude blessed my uncle, and my uncle blessed another dude, and the dude was in the bluff that he blessed my uncle. Right. And the dude didn't hold fast to what he had to do. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't handle his business. So. Oh, so that situation we're gonna. Pause in and take a break. Okay. So that situation right there that you call a blessing started you to say, okay, I'm going to start making me some money here and take that position. No, no, no. I looked at my uncle and I make the money. I didn't make the money. No, I, no, no. I'm just saying at some point you start making the money. Yeah, I, I did because then I started actually becoming a factor into the situation. But the, the, the inception of the situation, it was more about my uncle and them situation. Right. And then they, 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 they knew the players in the game. I didn't know nobody. I'm just here on a run. I'm just moving around trying to stay safe. Right. You know what I mean? In the process, I'm trying to see what I can do in order for me not to go back to Brooklyn. Right. Because I know going back to Brooklyn is not going to be a good situation to me. Right. So with that situation right there, we're going to take us okay. with Pinpoint Podcast. We're going to come back and finish talking to Mr. Shorty, Mr. Shot Me. Yeah, and we're going to get into the street from him going to the streets, going to the joint, coming back home, becoming the person, exactly. and morphing to the better man that he is to this day. Right. And that's what this is about, telling you how you, you start here, but how you want to become a better person. Exactly. Not when you 
ain't never been here, you blessed with this yeah. money, and then you start acting gangster, and start wanna be in the streets when exactly. really you, it's kind of working backwards, exactly. right? All right, with Pinpoint Podcast, we're gonna take five. Introducing to you, Pinpoint Foundation's Real Estate Lounge, a unique experience in all things real estate and other business ventures. Pinpoint is an expansive company that is driven to put our customers' best interests first in all aspects. residential real estate representation, where we do closings here at the office, to our 501c3 mentoring and nonprofit events, filming productions, and courier services, come let Pinpoint point you in the right direction and experience business better than you have before. We're not a regular real estate company, we're a cool real estate company. Visit us on our websites, pinpointbrokers.net and pinpointfoundation.org, and check us out on our social media platforms. Pinpoint Foundation is always accepting donations through Zelle to Pinpoint Foundation or through mail-in checks. See you soon! All right, everybody, Mr. Minifee back here with Shorty. Oh, Pinpoint Podcast. Now, here we go. Here we go. Now, we left off everybody on basically talking about how Timothy, a.k.a. Shorty, a.k.a. Shami, came down from Brooklyn, New York, out of Red Hood Projects, on a run, got with his uncles, started paying attention to the situation, and him and his family tight-knit, understanding when one person is in trouble, they do what family and friends supposed to do. They look out for each other monetarily, which a lot of people don't do. Right. But what I want to touch bases on, let's go back to Brooklyn before we come back to Georgia. Exactly. What got you, as the word you used, I like, engulfed? What got you engulfed in the streets? What led you to a life of crime? Because like I share with people all the time, racism. Exactly. Racism is not a is 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 a learned taught behavior not a born behavior so when you see people that's racist you got to have an understanding of the background where they come from and that background in that home they was taught in their surroundings they was taught to hate a particular race to despise a particular race now let's go back to red hook you ain't just grow up engulfed in the streets as you stay Tell us how you got in the streets. What started your street life? And then let's jump back into Georgia. Give me five on that. All right. Um, the inception of me getting engulfed in the streets was due to the fact that you know I grew up in a disenfranchised setting. You know, you know it was generational stagnation. You know, my great grandmother, my great my great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother. My grandmother is a uh, descendant from St. Vincent, and my grandfather was uh, born and raised here in um, LaGrange, Georgia. You know, and they, um, my grandfather, it's crazy, because my grandfather had a situation here in Georgia was that he had to, he was working, told, this is what's been told to me. You know, I, you know the validity of it is, 
it's still questioning, but this is what was told to me that he was working at a gas station and you know, a white guy come to the gas station, wanted him to pump the gas. He didn't um he couldn't, you know, back then, you know, you're talking about the fifteen and sixties, you know, even though you work at a gas station in the rural south, you can't do certain things. And one of the particular things that he couldn't do was pump the gas. So, you know, he was You couldn't told, pump gas. No, you couldn't pump the gas. You had to have the actual owner or whoever was in charge to come out and pump the gas. You know what I mean? Mm. So Rough times back then. Exactly. You know what I mean? We don't know how blessed we got. Exactly. Facts. So this one particular dude, white guy, was telling my my, my grandfather, yo, pump the gas. And my grandfather was like, man, I can't do that. Like, you know what I mean? I got to go get the owner, or, you know what I'm saying, whomever was in charge at that particular time to pump the gas. So this one gentleman, I guess, was getting real belligerent or whatever and was trying to force my grandfather into, you know, uh, pumping the gas. So my grandfather didn't do it. So, you know, one thing led to another. My grandfather put hands, elbows, and feet on him. Right. And, you know, and... Hands, the, elbows, and feet. Hands, elbows, and feet. <laughs> Facts. My grandfather didn't even, he didn't even play games. So, with that being said, that, you know, you know, at that particular time, you know, you have any type of indiscretions or, I mean, not indiscretions, but any type of uh, interactions with, uh, or negative interactions with white people in the, in the rural south, you know, first thing that your family thinking that, yo, you got to get out of here because they're going to lynch you. You know what I mean? My grandfather's brother had got lynched in Florida on a fishing trip. You know what I mean? Right. The rose would be just going to get bait for 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 um for, for a fishing trip. You know, he went into the wrong bait shop or what have you, and you know they lynched him. So I'm thinking that you know, from 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 what I from my 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 information, I'm thinking that my grandfather was like, I'm not gonna allow this to happen to me as it happened to my brother. So. My grandfather did what he had to do. So my grandfather's mom, my great grandmother, was like, "Yo, you're gonna go up to Harlem with your aunt." And you know, so they shipped him out. And then in the process of that, my grandmother um, was in St. Vincent, and you know, she didn't really know who her dad was because during that time, it was a lot of uh, racial and, and, and slavery things going on. And you know, my great grandmother, my grandmother, and my great uncle Edward, they came down to uh, to the states through Governor's Island, and they you know they, they settled in New York. And my grandmother and my grandfather actually met each other, and they had thirteen kids. Thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. Mm. And my mother is the eldest outside of my aunt Catherine, who had passed away at a young age due to a car accident. And um, my mother became the eldest of all 13 kids, you know what I mean? Right. So, and you know, and you, you're dealing with times where things- Miss Young, shout yeah, out to Miss Young. Yeah, yeah. She the queen, she, <laughs> she, she became the queen of all queens, and still that to this day. But, um, you know, you're dealing with, you know, disenfranchised evolution, and you know? And that goes back to your question about what started me, like we was in, you know, living in Bed-Stuy prior to us moving to South Brooklyn Road. And, you know, 
you know, it just is rough, you know. And in the projects. In the projects. Well, well, my mother. Food was slim. Yeah, everything yeah. was slim. Everything. Because how, how many brothers you got? Uh, three brothers. I'm, I'm, there's four of us, and I'm the youngest out of all four of us. Right, right, right. And um, my brothers was really and truthfully like my old, my, my brother Justice and my brother Cream. They lived in Queens more so than Brooklyn prior to us moving from Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn to uh, Red Hook. And they was always in Queens. And then, you know, eventually my mom went back and got them because prior to that, we lived in Connecticut, New Haven, Connecticut, but my, my father was a hustler. You know what I mean? He was hustling in New Haven and stuff like that. So it's in you, it ain't on you. No, it's in me. Like my, my dad was that dude, you know what I mean? Prior to him passing away, he didn't you know. He was surprised who I turned out to be, but unbeknownst to him, I mean, I'm, I'm like, my thing is that you can't be surprised who I am because I'm just a reflection of you. Kids are like what I what I always know that kids emulate what they see. You know what I mean? I seen like I grew up with seven uncles, three brothers. That's ten dudes, and then I don't. They're, they're, and everybody hustlers. Yeah, everybody hustlers. They street because this is the this this is the hand that they was dealt. But but hustlers, as you say, engulfed in the streets. Yeah, not necessarily street stuff because they didn't start off with street stuff. You know, my uncles used to go out and um sell T-shirts, cassette tapes, and stuff like that in Manhattan. You know what I mean? I had one particular cousin that he was a chain snatcher and this dude like he literally would go out and like in the back like when he came and lived with us in Rejo, my, my my cousin Eddie he's doing well right now to this day but um this dude would go and run like five to six miles every morning like literally get up six in the morning and go to the stadium in the back of my projects and he'll run five to six miles a day and then go in Manhattan and snatch jewelry this guy could have literally been on a track team in any of his schools. Right. He could have been like the, hey, 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 the modern day Hussein Ball. I promise you, this dude was a fan. Hey, but look, it's funny that you say that because I, I talked about on one of the podcasts about hustlers, and then you just talked about your cousin running. Exactly. I used to get up and run from where I'm from, from the VA out of Houston, Texas, South Park. I would get up and run from the VA for those who who know Houston, from the VA officer Linsky and McCall in between the two. Running all the way down the re road and sometimes I run all the way down uh, right to 610. And that's a long way, exactly. about five, six miles, not exactly. a lot longer. And run back, exactly. this job. Exactly. Even though I was this other type of person, I always kept my endurance up and I always kept myself up in shape. Cause I was even when I was in the ninth grade, I remember our coach, Coach Walker. God bless that. Um, I ran track, varsity, varsity, um, long distance, and I ran varsity um, hurdles. Exactly. Now, I'm a short dude running hurdles, exactly. and I ran long distance because that's what I did. I always trained exactly. myself for endurance. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, it's just uh, funny that you say that. And I sat groceries, exactly. and sold candy for the guy who used to come over there to the VA where I'm from, Vicious Animals, which really was called Villa Americana, but we called it VA Vicious Animals. And for a long time, I did not know it was actually, the name of the project was 
Villa Americana. We only knew VA, and we only exactly. we always thought it was vicious animal. Exactly. You know, you know what I'm saying. Exactly. So, really, the inception of me becoming involved in hustling, uh, 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 as far uh, as drugs was, you know, I came to uh, Red Hook in 1978. I was like 10 years old. You know, we moved from Best Out Brooklyn. This is during, you know, 77 was the, the blackout in New York, which probably, if you're not from New York, you're probably not gonna be familiar with it. But those who are from New York know that this was a time in uh, New York history was like one of the worst times when you talk about as far as, um, you know, city being so engulfed in, you know, like, 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 it was just. Bad. You was eight years old, cause we I we was ten years old. Seventy seven. Nah, we was eight. We 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 six we six nine babies. So okay, you so that that's that's seventy seven. We was eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah. This is two years prior to me moving to Brevard Project, but we was living in um we lived in Best Style from down the street between Halsey and between um Halsey and um Broadway, and this is during the time when um and it's crazy because. Prior to 77, I can't really recall a lot of stuff that I can say, oh, this, this happened, this and that. I think my, 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 my reception starts in 77. Right, but the introduction uh, to I'm the going, streets. I'm going back, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to get to that. So, 77, we moved to um, Red Hook Projects, and it's crazy because my mother, Carmelo Anthony mother and two other uh, ladies, they all got accepted to uh, Red Hook Projects during this time. You know what I mean? And I go into public school, you know what I mean? I'm in the fourth grade, you know? And, you know, I'm in, I'm, unbeknownst to me, I'm in one of the roughest parts of Brooklyn that I can probably even imagine being in. I'm, I'm, I'm green, I'm no, I'm no, fighter, I'm, I'm none of these things, you know what I mean, that, you know, that I, I eventually became. So when I get into school, there's these kids that's like really on some real bully shit, bro. They like really like, they, they, they already engulfed in just the shit that's going on in the neighborhood, you know, and I grew up in an area where is that the, 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 the mafia was so prevalent that it was just crazy. And my area was the Colombo family. And the Colombo family faction that ran my area was the Gallo family, Crazy Joey Gallo and the Gallo family. So therefore, you know, you gotta incorporate, you know, you're dealing with all these different elements of street life. And also you have the mob that runs everything as far as the peers, the, uh, everything in my neighborhood was ran specifically by the mob prior to crack. And that's a whole nother element like we can get into. So I'm in public school. I'm in fourth grade. I'm 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 I'm, I'm actually being bullied. You know what I mean? By these You was being bullied? Facts, bro. They, they used to take my candy like every day. Right. So, you know, my mom used to give me like two dollars to go to the little you know, it's like a little candy store right by the by the school. Can somebody take some from you now? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I go get my little candy in the morning and go to school. Like, like these dudes just like literally put a dude on me and press me and take my shit. 
So this one particular day, I, I refused to give my shit up. You know what I mean? And I had this fight with this one particular dude. I ain't gonna say his name because I don't want him to feel like no kind of way or whatever. Right. You know, I handled the dude. And then I actually took his place. So the dude that was- We'll go back to early, say everybody place. Exactly. So once you, once, once- Could be replaced. Exactly. Go back to people gonna be replaced. Right. And contingent on the level of, 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 of danger that you, 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 you exude. So I, I, I replaced this dude. So now I'm in the in crowd. You wasn't a bully. You didn't become a bully, did you? Actually, I did. I did become a bully. I was the worst bully probably that, you know what I mean, that probably was out of them because the, the, the level of, 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 of being bullied that I experienced. So I said I have to be even more worse than the person that was bullying me in order for me not to be ridiculed and teased and stuff like that because I didn't have what, you know, people considered to be to be like a, a dope dude at the time. So, you know, I grew up, I, I this one particular dude named Just Ditto Williams, he was the actual dude that ran the actual in crowd. So once I, you know, I kept, I guess upstaged this one particular dude that took my candy. He was like, yo, come to my house, man. You can come and hang out. So when I get to his house, his house is nothing like my house. I'm living in like literally in the, in the uh, nucleus of poverty. Meaning that, like, my mom, you know what I'm saying? My mom was a single-parent mom raising four kids, four boys, in, a, in the heart of Brooklyn. So, you know, I'm dealing with, you know... Statue the, of Liberty right behind y'all. Facts, you know? We, we, we in the heart of the city, where it's supposed to be the land of dreams and whatever opportunity. But my mom is struggling. So I go to this one particular dude's house that, you know, I, I, he's in the fourth and fifth grade. This dude is riding motorbikes and all this shit, bro. I'm like, how the fuck is you doing this? And I'm over here looking at a 12-inch TV, black and white, with a fucking pliers and a hanger. I'm not understanding that shit. You know, this is like when Scarface come out and all that shit. Right. You know, they got beta. This is beta. You, you, you're a young dude. You don't know what fucking Betamax is, nigga. This is Betamax. This is before VHS tape. You had a Betamax system that played all of the tapes all the movies and stuff like that. So I go over his crib, got leather couches, data max, and they just living like fucking the, 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 what we consider the American dream in, inside the inner city. So I'm like, well, how the fuck are these people living like this? And I go home and I'm, 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 I'm my mom is like really fucking. You sharing a room. Yeah, sharing a room and like, it's just, just, just bad, bro. Right. So. As time progressed, I understand what's going on. I'm like, I, I, I want to be a part of this because I want to provide for my mother. You know what I mean? So I get engulfed into the situation, and, mm. and it just left from there. And I was only like 13 years old. So, so let me get it right. So the highlight just started from you being bullied. Facts. It from, always starts from there. Right. Well, no, no I ain't never been bullied. Not always, but I, I, I get what you I'm say. saying. You had situations where you wasn't the the, the, the aggressor. No. 
Nah, I'm being honest. This pinpoint for I ain't got no reason to lie to you. Okay. One thing I learned because about. Because you're right. Everybody's situation is Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've my honest. My exception in the game was. Yeah, honestly, I I've never. Bullied, and I became the bully, and I was a broad street bully, bro. Right, right. And which which is where I was going to go. I, I was I was different so, with it. So what I'm saying, in poverty, after you left best. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> you left best high. Exactly. Gained the bread hook. Got dropped off in the middle of the work, one of the worst schools in Brooklyn. Well, not one of no, the no, worst. No. It wasn't. <coughs> not dropped off with them. I'm just. No, my. Yeah, you can, I'm just saying, you can say dropped off in the worst part of Brooklyn that, that I probably couldn't even imagine being dropped off of. But to your imagination. Yeah, right. I was green as. I was green as. Right. Green as the grass that was outside. So after you defended yourself mm -hmm. from a bully. You became a bully. I then became got a it, part of the bullies. Became a part of the bully industry. And then got invited to someone's home. Exactly. And you see how they live different than the way you live, living, which exactly. is what a, a, another thing before we go back on what I tell people all the time. Mm -hmm. In math, a negative plus a negative equals positive. Exactly. But in life, negative plus a negative, gonna equal a negative, gonna produce a negative that's, that's going to be birth nothing but negativity. Exactly. So you in the negative situation again. Mm -hmm. So now you seeing, wait a minute, they making money. Mm -hmm. They having things that I ain't ever dreamed of having. Exactly. I'm thinking this normal life with a black and white TV mm -hmm. with a hanger, this is normal. Mm -hmm. And we doing okay. But you seeing you got introduced to a different world. Another lifestyle. So now that jump started for whatever they was doing, that jump started you and to say, okay, I need to be doing whatever y'all doing to get the things I get, because you know how us young black from my mom. Right, how us young black men are. We all say, talk about things, about how we want to take care of our moms, because mm -hmm. we see them and probably like it was five of us. I'm the middle child. And, and you know we lost my brother. We went to his right. funeral back right. November seventh. It's a couple of days coming up for 20, 20 well, Today the fifth. Monday will be twenty four months to my brother. So let's, yes, let's yes. toast to Junior. Exactly, Junior all day. Bro. All day, baby. Yes. Toast to my big what, brother. What are we gonna do? Gonna miss him always. We gotta, so we got to set some balloons up. Right, exactly. exactly. So my sister doesn't do that every year exactly. for both him and my mom, because both exactly. of them unfortunately died with cancer. Exactly. But go back to it. I want you go back to your story. So that, so that's how you got started. Exactly. And, and uh, as you say, engulfed exactly. until the beginning of the criminal activities, mm -hmm. then with your family. So now let's put you back in Georgia. Okay. You back in Georgia, you here for a year, you with your uncles, you see your uncles now move around, agitating the gravity. And then you say, okay, we for advance, like you said, with the gold teeth. They here using it as a metaphor. Gold teeth we played out 10 years ago. Exactly. Now you're 10 years ahead back in 1991, 1992. Now you ready. Okay, I know I'm on the run, but it's not as treacherous with the movement down here in the ATL. Exactly. So now place yourself, let's put you up to the bluff. The introduction to the bluff obviously came from your uncles. From 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 
Yeah, you can say that. Not yeah, yeah, you can say that because I didn't know nothing about the bluff. Right. You know what I mean? So you got your introduction to the bluff. Exactly. You go over there like any other king will. No, no, no. You do. I, I like to say king. The no, no, I'm not saying. I'm not disputing the king thing. But it wasn't just going in the bluff. No, it's not going in the bluff. Hit me out, and then you pick up. You go over. You see however you got there. Let's move forward. Mm, I think I could do something over here, cause you know we eat with our eyes. I tell people all the time. Exactly. We eat with our eyes on a daily, consistent basis. Whether you're in the streets or whether you're in business. Exactly. Whether you're lazy you or whether you get uh, exactly. your, your eyes you digest you what it is that they want exactly. to fill you up. Exactly. Them eyes is everything. Exactly. So now you seeing. The so eyes these, will never deceive you. Right, exact. The ears would deceive. However, here's you. You covered in what you see. All right. I want that because that's what we do. We cover it. So, so go from there. And, and, and go. The, the, the exception of the bluff was not just going into this situation. Yeah, I know. Because, I know. No, no. I'm, what I'm trying to say is that we didn't have. We didn't. We didn't understand. We knew about the bluff. Like actually, I didn't. I, I'm not going to say I did. My uncles and them probably knew about the bluff prior to them even we even getting in the bluff, but the bluff fell in our lap. It wasn't something that we sought out. But the bluff fell in your lap. You did what you did. Let's jump start. That was the beginning of your demise. Facts. But let me just let me just tell you, the bluff came about about. Let's go back to when my uncle when he was working in the strip club or for um, the Playboy Palace. In um, 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 Gabi. Gabi Brewer. And um, he met one, this one particular individual. And, you know, he put him in a situation. And then he put the situation on somebody else that was in the bluff. Mm. And the dude didn't hold fast on what he was told he needed to do. So what happened was we took everything that he had in the bluff and put it on freeze, meaning that we just dead in the mouth, get up out of whatever situation, the spot, everything, and we took over that. But we never just went in that situation and started doing what we, we needed to do. We was always connected to, through my uncle, through a person that was already in the know in the bluff. He was one of the major figures in the bluff. So we actually worked for him. But unbeknownst to him, that we already had a situation going on and the situation didn't work out, as I was said. So we took the dude's situation, his apartment and everything, and we just kept paying the rent and everything, but we still was working for this one particular dude so we can get to know the area. <clears throat> you know what I mean? In the process, my uncle caught a couple of cases. Actually, he caught his fair case by us working there. Me and my uncle born was the lookouts for my uncle while he was working for this dude. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So we went in this situation as workers, but we was thinking as bosses. Right. Why? Because you can't learn nothing now unless you go into as a novice. In, in, in order to lead, you must know how to follow. Exactly. So we was novices in this situation, and we learned what was going on by being servants to dudes that doesn't understand that we was bosses. We already had our situation set up around the corner. We just didn't just go out there and blatantly do it. You waited we for that opportunity. Because we understood the danger, bro. The 
The right. danger was just like the bluff was just the bluff is just something totally. It's a different environment, bro. You know what I mean? And you think about ninety. One ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. 93, 94. We was in the bluff from the early 90s into 2000s until I caught my fair case. You know what I mean? And what we're going to do, we're catching the fair case. We're going to pick up. We're going to take five. But that's one of the things we want to jump into when we come back after this break about speedballing, catching, catching your fair case and how you stood up. Exactly. To what morph you to be who you are to this day. Exactly. Hey, Pinpoint Podcast, we're gonna exactly. take five. Welcome to the new townhome residence coming soon, Pinpoint Park. These modern luxury units will be located on Butner Road in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia just minutes away from the downtown area and the Hartsville-Jackson Airport. The seven units will include an open floor plan, rooftop patio, three bedrooms with two masters, and so many more luxurious details. For more information on Pinpoint Foundation's latest development, please visit pinpointfoundation.org. And for interest in pre-sales, please visit our website, pinpointbrokers.net. We hope your new home awaits you. with Mr. Shorty, Mr. AKA Shami, and Mr. Reed. So what well, we're gonna pick up where we left off at. What well, we talked about, the one important thing, um, what we leading up to where you, say you started in the bluff and everything is about the bluff now, but we're gonna speed ball. But what, I want to go back to one thing that I said earlier, you know. Mm -hmm. and, a, and the thing about life is about the behaviors. Exactly. The, the, thing, the thing about life is about our uh, behaviors. 
but we'll touch back bases with that. Our behavior patterns come through on the way we were raised. Exactly. Our behavior patterns come through on the way we was taught. Exactly. So you was taught these behavior patterns, and now you in the bluff. No, and, and, can I, can I, the behavior patterns that I was taught is not conducive to the bluff. No, 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 no. I, I digress. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Here's what I'm saying about the behavior patterns. Mm -hmm. this, here's what I'm saying about the behavior patterns. Like I said about racism. Yeah. Racism is not, racism is a learned, behavior. a learned taught behavior, it's not a born behavior. Let me say that again. You're not born with racism. Hold on. Racism is a learned, taught behavior, not a born behavior. So when you see a lot of racist folks, be you white, black, Puerto Rican, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it was taught because you just don't grow up that way. Right. So when you see people engulfed in the streets, it's something that got them there. Exactly. So when I say a behavior pattern, it starts from whether it was from your bullying exactly. and then digressing. And then becoming a bully, then becoming the person who you are. We talk about the behavior patterns. And then what got us to change the way we are now. That's what I meant. Exactly. So I always like to say, have an understanding, because a lot of people don't have an understanding. Racism is a learned behavior. thought behavior, not a born behavior. Right. So this behavior that we have when we was in the street, it was learned, it was taught exactly. based off what we seen. Exactly. So now you back in the bluff. Mm -hmm. So talk about you in the bluff and let's give five on it and speedball it. Okay. Um, being in the bluff and you know when you when I when I can when I can look back at the, the, the disparities of being in the bluff and being in Brooklyn, it's two different worlds. You know what I mean? I say it's two different worlds because the monetary value of being in the bluff is not even conducive to being in New York. Because you gotta think, I'm going from making, say what, $5,000 a week to $10,000 a day, even more than that, you right. know what I mean? Contingent on if I'm gonna calculate whatever else is transpiring around me with everybody else that's making money with me. Because every dollar that's made doesn't necessarily is not gonna be my dollar because I wasn't a selfish dude, you know what I mean? Meaning that I came from a situation where it's that, you know, you know, you don't feed the wolves, the wolves gonna eat off of you. So every dollar that I made, it doesn't necessarily- you, What would we call that? Profit sharing. Exactly. You made sure you mastered the exactly. art of profit sharing. Exactly, because I came from a selfish environment, where it's that, you know, you got one particular dude that wanna, you know, generate all the, the revenue and then just feed them, you know, a certain aspect of whatever he generated. And, you know, contingent on what motivates the person. You know, sneakers might motivate this person, a motorcycle or a car, you know what I mean? But not generational wealth. I learned here in Atlanta that, you know, you have to, you know, you have to be, it's just, everybody have a part to play, you know what I mean? And when you play this part, Whatever part that you play is still going to be conducive to an uh, equal uh, uh, level of respect. You know what I mean? Because just because you go pull a car up, that don't mean that you don't have the respect of the person that's 
that, that that's bringing in the the, the, the legal drugs. It depends. It depends on who's pulling the car up. Right. Let's talk about pulling the car up. Let's talk about being advanced, and let's talk about you making the money. Let's fast advance here. Exactly. All right, you back in the bluff. Mm -hmm. You start making money. Exactly. You start being. You morphed into the person you was gonna be. We are. We understand it, how it got there. Got there from your from your uncle's with the introduction. Now your uncle's introduction. Now here we are. You making money. Now you ready for real estate. You ready for your high-end cars, even though you're still under assumed name, even though you're still on the run. Comfortability have sat in at this point. Exactly. You're comfortable with what's going on now. And I almost comfortable to a point to where I always say people who lie to themselves. And the, 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 the master of it is in order for you to be able to deceive, you got to believe what you tell yourself. So the order of deception, you... Deceive yourself, and then it's able for you to kick it out as the story is true. Because in your mind, you done rehearsed it, you done said it so much to where it's true. So now you are this person. You are Shamik. You are this person. Now Shamik started buying real estate because Pinpoint Podcast is all about real estate. Your first house. Um, actually, no, it's crazy because when you talk about... My first house is, was uh, vicariously through my brother with you. You know what I mean? Once I see my, my, my brother Chuck acquire his first real estate, I was like, wow. You know what I mean? He told me about, he said, yo, I met this guy. I was like, oh, word. He said, yeah, I met this guy. He's doing real estate. So I was like, oh, word. Now, you know, mind you, coming from Brooklyn, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not raised. Uh, and enlighten about you know, credit and real estate and, and, and these things that, you know, is a major uh, uh, intricate part of your life in order for you to progress in life, you know? You know, credit is a, a major aspect, you know? A lot of things, you, you can't, you can't, you know, a lot of, a lot of things that you can, you, you, you want to touch, you can't touch without credit. In, right. In, 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 in real estate and stuff like that. So, when he uh, told me, like he told me about you, and, and I never met you at this point in time. And he was like, yo, I'm about to buy this fucking crib. I'm like, you about to buy a house. Like, this is fucking like foreign to me. Like, nigga, you buying a house. We apartment niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck is you talking about you buying real estate and stuff like that. So he's like, yo, bro, I found a crib like downtown Atlanta. I'm about to buy this crib. I met my this dude, you know, this nigga named Young Bleed. I say Young Bleed. This nigga is Young Bleed. Who the fuck is this nigga named Young Bleed selling real estate? Okay. Yeah. It was Jiggalo and Young Bleed. Jiggalo and Young Bleed. So I said, go word. I said, okay. So I kind of like sat back and just let it, you know, transpire. I didn't really like get involved. I didn't really, I didn't never really say like, yo, I want to meet this person. Because I'm still not, you know what I'm saying? I'm still like really just like, eh, whatever, nigga. We in the drugs, bro. Yeah. We, we ain't in no real estate. We, we in, in the streets. We in the streets, bro. We in the getting keys of heroin in here. We ain't in the fucking real estate. We in the moving from apartment to apartment every year. You know what right. I mean? Once right. we get to one particular apartment and we stay for a certain period of time, we're gonna move. Because, you know, from what I learned from Brooklyn, you can't stay in a certain, you know, or real estate 
I say real estate. Meaning apartments. Apartments, because that's still real estate. Right. You know I mean, because somebody owned it, you know, and generated some type of capital. I say like, you can't, you can't stay in this situation for so long. So I'm, I'm accustomed to just like going from apartment to apartment, or just renting a house from somebody that has the, 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 the knowledge of real estate and, and, and renting it to me. Right. So I said, let me see, let me see, let me see how this shit work out. You know what I mean? And then it, and it worked out for him. I was like, oh, wow. You got your first crib, brand new crib. Vicariously through my brother. And and it, and it was in Stone Mountain. And no, it was in uh, Hardy Street. You got the- The, the Hardy Street w w was his. Yours was in Stone Mountain. Mine was in Stone Mountain. In Stone Mountain. You know, we, we talking about the exception of you getting real estate. My exception of real estate, period, was through my brother, vicariously through my brother, you know, you being the, uh, the broker. Right, right, you know right. right. So then I got introduced to you, and I got a knowledge and a sense of real estate. You kind of enlightened me, like, yo, bro, like, we in our 20s. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know, I owned my first property when I was like 23 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? We was young. Yeah, we was young. It's crazy. I'm about to be 53 in December. And it's like, you know, I don't own multiple properties and stuff like that. But, you know, coming from Brooklyn, you know, real estate was nothing that we was taught. Right. And, and, and talk about the first real estate property you had. You remember. Yeah. I think it was for your birthday. Yeah. We I, was kicking it at the Shark Bar. Yeah. And at the Shark Bar, we found out it was some people in there had their eyes exactly. on you. Had their eyes on us. Exactly. Let's just say we use the plural word. I had got a property prior to meeting you, and you know, and during this problem, this one specific time, I was already, I was in being investigated by the feds. They actually was on me for like two years right. prior to, you know what I mean, me acquiring the property with you. Yeah. Um, being a friend that you are, like, yeah, bro, you just think it's stuck through. Let me do like, you know, I come from Brooklyn. You get, you get, the feds is on you, bro, niggas is just not, not fucking with you like that. You know what I mean? Because they don't know which way it's gonna go. And like, you, 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 you were steadfast and you, you didn't, you didn't waver. You didn't, you didn't turn your back. You, you like really stood in front of the fire and you was like, yo, bro, I got you. And I was like, okay, cool. And I, and I let you know, I'm like, yo, I got this property right here. Like, yo, dad, don't worry about that. I got, I got some money for that, and, and then I acquired my first property through you. And right. we, actually, we stayed, we was neighbors for, for quite a time. You stayed in the first phase of the self-division. That was your second property. That was my second property? What? That was your second property. Yeah. The, fir the first property, oh, when right. you caught your case, yeah, 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 when yeah. I put you in the first property, yeah, you caught your school. case. Stevenson High School from Rockbridge. You caught your case. Yeah, yeah. And the word was there, but the thing is, you purchase real estate based exactly. off of the award, the rewards that you reap from the streets. Exactly, and, and it's crazy because it's like you know, when you when you when you when, when you on the street and you, and it's, it's contingent on the environment that you're in and the people that you associated with, whether you're gonna take these 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 illicit benefits. You know what I mean? Meaning drug dealing and stuff like that and take it to another level. It depends on who you're associated with. Right. You know what I'm saying? Fortunately, so, enough for me, I was associated with you, you know, Pat, and all these other different dudes that was into 
like legal businesses right. that, you know, told me like, yo, bro, I get you the script. Don't worry about yeah, it. And here's the thing, we're gonna go back to speedball. I like to say speedball, we're gonna fast forward. You caught a case. Fast. It started where you really noticed, because you actually noticed them at your party at exactly. the Shark Bar exactly. on how they were paying attention to you. Exactly. Then you caught the case. Remember, all y'all wives called me. Exactly. I don't yeah. know why I was the go to person. But, but everybody you called. You were a legitimate person. Right. And you was, a, you was more in tune. To 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 the the genum, the, the legitimization. The legitimization of so, what we wanted to be. You was always what we wanted to be. Right. Even to this day, like you know what I mean. We always look at you like you're the guru of what we wanted to be and what you 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 you're like. It's just different with you, bro. Now, I can say it's different because. We're not accustomed to people to a point where it's that, you know, have the, 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 the business acumen that you have and the sense of, uh, of business and stuff like that. I've never been around people that, outside of you, like, when I met you, like, I'm, I, I, you even though I met you through my brother, but I've never been around a legitimate business person. Everybody that I ever encountered was, it was about drugs. Right. And you know what I'm saying? So when I come, it was, it was more so like, oh shit, this nigga's a street nigga? X, 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 X. No, I'm saying at the point. At the point I'm about to still be. No, you can be a street nigga, it doesn't mean illegal. You're a street nigga because you transform yourself from being what you're accustomed to to something that you master. Well, you know what I say about that with street? Street hustlers are some of the most brilliant people. Right. And not saying that disrespect for the people been to college. Right. But when you're in them streets, you gotta understand, you gotta learn how to duck the niggas in the streets. Facts. Police. The robbers, the police, right. the jackers, the scammers, right. the women, right. and everything. You gotta know how to right. bob and weave. You follow what I'm saying? And you gotta have the endurance to last, cause a lot of people don't actually last, cause a lot of people have a certain tenure in the streets. Exactly. Three, four years, five max. Exactly. Go catch a 20 year bid. Exactly. And then come home and thinking that three or four, five years a day lasted, they're supposed to still continue on. Exactly. With, with you getting caught up with your federal case. Exactly. We're gonna talk about that briefly. Exactly. You're caught up with your federal case. You had a house. Exactly. Okay, I need to get rid of the house. And then we put you in another house. Exactly that acquired you income exactly. to be put away while you was gone. Exactly. We talk, kind of elaborate on that and what you did with the income and to how you coming home to where you became morphed today. Cause we can always glorify what you did in the street, but that's exactly. not what Pinpoint Podcast about. It's, it's about how, it's about real estate and it's about how you change and about today. where you at today and what you got to say to the, the young folk, mm -hmm. if you will, because you, you're a great inspiration to stir, you know, on a podcast, you're going to get right. so much out of your 50, 50 plus years of living. Exactly. So talk about you got in trouble, scratching your head. You in your first crib. You papered up so you ain't worried about the. We sold your house, you exactly. bought another house, exactly. and then go from there. Um.
the transformation for me was like I got tired of running. You know, when you when you when you when you, when you on the run, this is the difference between being on the run without resources and being on the run with resources. I was fortunate enough to have resources and stuff like that. But you know, your mind, your your psyche play on you. You know, and the main the, the main thing that was 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 a, a real thing for me was that you know the day that I got locked up. I mean, the day that I had to tell my daughter that you know I'm about to go away for like ten years, seven in and three out was the day that I felt like you know this is something that I'm not trying to do no more. You know what I mean? Because the the, 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 the level of uh, pain that I inflicted on her through my, my greed and, and, and aspirations to be somebody that's enamored through the street life was not in comparison to the hurt that she, you know, that she endured, you know what I mean? I remember sitting at her private school that one particular day and was like, yo, telling her at the age of 10 years old, like, yo, I'm about to leave. It's all about, her, right. Her, no, 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 no. And then, like, what transferred me into saying that I'm not going to be a, 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 a victim of recidivism, like going back and forth to prison, is because I understood what I did. I understood that, you know, the level I did it on, and I understood that you know, there's no this 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 like there's no there's no um like you know you know you know you get the roses at the end of the road. Drug dealing, there's nothing at the end of the road for you for that. Gangsterism. Gangsterism. There's nothing. It's like robbing, killing, stealing. There's nothing. I've been through. I've been amongst the. The illest, the illest people in amongst Brooklyn, bro. And I went against the, 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 all of them. You name them coming out of Brooklyn. And, I, this, and you can, you listen, and I, I want somebody that can honestly attest me to that. I, I, I've been through all that shit. So when I went to prison and being on the run for 10 years, that was a relief for me. Peace. peace. We'll, go, we'll go back to what we talked about exactly. was, with that word called peace, because peace is normally not associated, affiliated, or concentrating. The concentration is concentrate on having peace because right. you're in this type of uh, business. My peace was being able to be me. Like, I was living a life of an alter ego. I don't went to another state required another ID, required another bank Another identity, you were somebody I, else. I was somebody else. I had a bank account, house, all that stuff in another name. You know what I mean? And it was like, how am I going to fulfill who I am living a whole nother person's identity? So, so when I did get caught by the feds, it was a gift and a curse. But let's say this here. Gift and a curse is speedball on, because we're most definitely going to do a second show. Right. But let's talk about that. One thing about it, and I know, I remember you got caught up. Facts. The family called <clears throat> and say, jail. Shorty, people kicking my house, this and this, this and this, this and yeah. this. You had a t chance to say, I'm going to tell. I can attest for this. Yeah. I'm in the court with you. I took you to, 
Exactly. You said exactly. no. And I remember you told Never one of your option. one of your fall partners. Exactly. We don't call no name. One of your fall, you you I got a call and say, hey, tell again, tell baby boy about to go be a bird. God called you in the morning, got you up, we went over there about four, five o'clock in the morning and said right. you ain't gonna do that. Right. You would not compromise who you are. Never and you just always say, Never I knew what this was when I got in the streets. I knew one day this prison life would come. I Tell me that. what made you the type of man that you are, was the honorable, respectable man. And like, cause I know a lot of people that, talk about snitching. That, that, you like, I'm not doing that. Ain't nobody in the crew doing that. We gotta accept whatever come. Cause they, in the beginning it was 30. Exactly. And it got slithered down cause nobody talked. Because that's just that, that's just who 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 the Reeds and Sterlings and everybody that been associated with us from Brooklyn to, to from the BK to the A. Like my thing is that like everybody that I've been associated with understood that what we was into. Like you know, if you reap the benefits, you gotta you gotta understand the 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 the, the, the thing that that's that, that the, the opposition of that. You know what I mean? We we live lavish lifestyles off of this. Been in shootouts. Exactly. Shootout. One of, one of your little bros, yeah, yeah. Butchie. Yeah, Butchie. You oh, unfortunately, yeah. fortunately, unfortunately, he was with you when he was in his first shootout. Exactly. And it's crazy because like, given all the stuff that I've been through from Brooklyn to to Atlanta, I was always willing to face the repercussions and, and the ramifications of my actions. I've never been in a situation when it comes to the law that I never copped out to. You know what yeah. I mean? Meaning like, oh, it was me. I don't know about nobody else. You know what I mean? From kidnapping to all types of stuff. I, I was locked up for kidnapping at the age of 18. Right. That's why you couldn't never make it to a camp. Exactly. This is why when I went to the feds, I, I was always in a, I was under high security, you know, environment because of what I did when I was younger, you know? And I'm not- And that jacket followed you. Exactly, and it's not something to like, you know, to, 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 like, to like, to like, like I'm just- Glorifying, glorifying it. it. But it's just that, you know, you know, the choices that you make when you're younger is always gonna follow you when you're older. It's the way you handle them. So when I got caught by the feds, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm gonna tell on the nigga. Cause who you gonna tell on? Who am I gonna tell on my fucking brother? Right. Oh, my family, my uncle, my cousin. Like, what the fuck am I gonna tell on, nigga? I'm not telling on nobody. I whatever. And listen, I was willing to face twenty some plus years, bro. They started and off I, at thirty. Facts. And I was like, yo, let's roll, bro. You know what I mean? Why I was saying let's roll because I knew the lifestyle that I lived. I knew what I was into. I understood the ramifications, and I was willing to face them. And most people to this day don't not willing to do that. They don't want to just glorify the, the oh we we balling and this and that. Yo, when when you in that shit and you balling, it's another flip side to that shit, bro. It's toast to that. You know what I'm saying? I always gonna toast to the real. Well, real. Well, facts, nigga. Like my jacket is like, nigga, you can go to the Russell Building downtown Atlanta, nigga, get my shit. Like, right. You know what I'm saying? My shit gonna tell you, like, bro. I took my shit on the sleeve and I, and, I, and I bounced. I did my time and I came home. So now let's talk about when you came home. You got off the bus. Exactly. 
and you morphed into you are today. No, no, no. You're a law abiding citizen. No, no, no. You did your time. The, the, the support that I had when I was locked up. This man right here never wavered from me a day of my incarceration. From the time I got locked up, even on some other shit, when I got locked up in the bluff, that nigga right there never wavered. And I know some niggas from New York that I grew up with, you get caught up by the feds, them niggas don't even fuck with you, bro. Cause they, 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 they thinking you snitching. That nigga right there rolled me from the day I went into prison and he was on a bus. The day, the day before I went to prison, we had a party at his house. And the day I came out, that nigga was at the bus with my daughter. Right. Every month, that man sent me a motherfucking uh, uh, he, money. I sent you money every month. Right. And made sure everybody at the and, office and, answered your calls. And brothers go through shit, but at the end of the motherfucking day, listen, bro. Like, like this nigga right here, this is 30 plus years, bro. You know what I mean? And, and at, at the end of the day, like, you know, I think like this, right? I'm going to keep it 100, right? When I went in prison, and I did what I did when in prison. I made sure that I didn't, I didn't fucking get in trouble. You know, I mean, I programmed. You know what I'm saying? I, I worked out. I didn't, I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't, I didn't do none of that shit. Why? Because the people that I felt like that was holding me down, I didn't want to let them down. Mm, you didn't want to let the down, let down the people who was holding you down. Nah, I don't want to let them down. You got your credit straight because you was exactly. married. Exactly. I came home. Yeah, this 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 dude, <laughs> yeah, this chick just did some little crazy shit. But I came home, got all my shit together, brought another crib, brought an investment property. Pussy was like he said was the best situation to do, but I did it. You know what I mean? But you know, like I like he's always had me on on a, on a on a high learning of of, of, of real estate. This dude right here, this nigga has been a real estate guru since we was like in their 20s, bro. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Thank are, God for that. You know, he put people in situations no, it's just never, to be No, it ain't, it ain't something that you just went to school and learned. It's just natural, though. Yeah. It's different. When you just, like, you, 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 like, some people are just good at basketball and some people learn basketball. Right. You know what I mean? Some people are just good at the field at the end. No, you're a master of your craft, and it shows. And Appreciate it's not, that. It's not, it's not something that to be undermined, you know what I mean? Right. Because at every given time of each one of my brothers, everybody, my uncles, everybody, when there was a time in, 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 in real estate, when or just in life in general in Atlanta, bro was the dude, bro was the dude. I appreciate that. We can toast to that. Facts. I, I can toast to that one. <laughs> but you know, we'll be wrapping it up. Yeah, Yo, listen. When I went to prison, the next day, say I got a fucking, don't worry about the house, the house that I got locked up in. So I got to sell for your house and I'm going to put you in this house. And you're going to go in this house with equity and you're going to leave Motherfucking we pull about 40 40k out 40,000. So, nigga buried in the backyard. Nigga, yeah, he didn't listen. He didn't listen. 
I say, yeah. he said, I believe it with my wife. I say, yeah. I know you got room for love in your heart. Yeah, yeah But hey, do not do it. I was into flowing. I, I, I had, no, my, my, but listen, contingent of what I do today, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a solidified bus driver. I've been with Marta for 10 years, you know, and I'm blessed to be that. And you ain't look back from, the, no, go back I to never, the street. Never look back. I, I don't even, I, if you're in the street, I don't even fuck with you, bro. You know what I mean? If you're in the streets, I respect your your your, your, your hustle because I'm a hustler. You know, and people get hustling mixed up. Hustling is not it's not correlated to illegal activity. Hustling is a hustler is a motherfucker that recognizes the opportunity that's being presented to him and take advantage of it. You don't have to be a a hustler and do everything illegal. Right. You see what I'm saying? So like. I don't care if like, like I'd rather get a I'd, I'd rather get a, a, a solidified check than have to wash my neck. Right. You heard? I've been through that shit. Like like the more money you get, the more problems you have, and that's and, it, and it's even worse when you're doing illegal activity. Cause like, you ain't got no peace. You don't got no peace. Like I like I the much stuff I had. I don't, you can talk about Rolexes, Bacardi and shit. Like Breezy, you know what type of level nigga was on. Yeah. With fucking bananas. But it wasn't conducive to my peace. Right. When I got locked up, them police knocked down my door, bro. They was like 40 deep in masks. And they actually yeah, yeah, your name. And yeah. you went on the total. I told him my real name. Because the nigga that gave him, Reed. The nigga gave him my alias. Right. Remember, me, you, and Frank hung out that night before. Yeah. We was went to Justin's. We went like six, seven different we bar hop. And we went to the strip club, all that shit. And what I told you when we parked up before we was dropping each other off. What I said to you before what I said to you and Frank. You said something about I feel like I had a dream. Dream that you ain't gonna be here. Something happened. I had a dream the feds knocked my door down, And that same morning the feds knocked your door down. Facts. So dreams do come real. Dreams are Dreams no, are something the, God showing you what's in your future because He got His hand on you for something greater. That's how I look the, at it. And the, the, the inedible is in. It's, 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 it's just in the, like. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm a, 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 a person that knock people for hustling because I'm not. Like you know what I'm saying. Some people got to get it how they live, and I, and I respect that. You know what I mean? But I'm just a, a prime example of change. You know and, then, I mean? and we'll wrap up with the change and we're going to come back with a part two with Shorty for sure. Right. So with the change of your life, starting from Best-Eye, moving to Brooklyn Red Hook, getting bullied, become a bully, Starting going to your to the guy's house, seeing a different lifestyle versus what you did with the black and white TV with the antenna. Coming down on a run to to Atlanta with 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 your with your family, paying attention for a year, doing the mathematics on how everybody's moving. You see they far behind with the gold TV that day, and then you hop into the the the, the, the as you say engulf into the basically the illegal activity once again. But you gotta think, right? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, follow, I'm and then you come out. Then you become this person making money again, like you say, from $5,000 a week to $10,000 plus a day. Mm -hmm. Then you buying real estate. 
getting in trouble, selling the real estate, buying another piece of real estate, leaving it with your wife, coming back home to find out wifey is gone. Wifey gone. Intentionally tried to fuck off your credit. Intentionally tried to fuck off your credit. Didn't say you never let nothing bring you down to where you got back to the person. I'm going back to the streets, and that's what the young generation don't understand today. No matter what it is, you refuse. And knowing you're a stand-up guy, you ain't scary. You'll bang out. You'll fight out. Do whatever you gotta take for the respect. And you didn't go back to the street. Wrap that up and. Why you didn't go back to the streets, and how? What advice would you give? We'll leave on that with Pinpoint Podcast to the young people who got money, ain't never been in the street, become millionaires, and then you act like you're street and end up dead. Well, Remember, I said first, act like you're street because yeah. you can't be street. Because if you're in the street, you want that peace. Because the, 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 the main thing about it is that you know. You got to think it like this, right? And I, and I said this to somebody the other day. This is crazy, right? Because, like, athletes want to be street. Street niggas want to be athletes. That shit don't add up. You cannot have one feet in and one feet out. That shit going to always turn out to be bad. You know, the main reason why I didn't want to go in the street, because I'm from the street. I know what it transpires. And I know me. And I know, understand, I, I understand, like, like, me being in the street and, and, and anything transpired that's street related, I'm not gonna take it to the point where it's that it's gonna be harmful for me or my people. You know what I mean? I, I really I, I really didn't like what I was doing, bro. You know, when you don't like what you're doing and it's illegal, anytime you get a chance to get out of it, you're gonna go, bro. You know, my whole time in prison, wasn't about gambling, smoking weed, drinking. I I got in. Listen, I spent fucking with boys. Yeah, we don't do gums, nigga. Yeah, you already know that shit, boy. We don't, we don't play that game. That's, I, you know, <laughs> but you gotta. That's prison. Yeah, that's prison. And, and, I, and I've seen that. You know what I mean? But like, I was I was, I, I, I fuck with a a real ill crew coming out of Brooklyn in, in the in the feds. But you know, my thing was this, right? When you live, you learn, you know what I mean? Like, if you have people that really care about you, and like, you going to prison doesn't necessarily affect you. Like, you gotta understand, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta think outside of yourself, you know what I'm saying? When you, when you do certain things, you know, it doesn't necessarily affect you. Like, when you commit a murder, not only are you affecting the person that you killed, you're affecting the person, you're affecting your family. And their family. And their family, as yourself, as well as yourself. Because you're going to go away from fucking 25 years or whatever. But at the end of the day, when life. I went to prison, what what was the main thing that changed me? Yo, bro, I, I've been in, I was, I, I, I was in prison almost seven years, bro. They gave me 10 years. I could have got 30, like bro said. You know what I mean? Contingent on my criminal record. But I did, I did 10 years in the, in the, in the, in the in, 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 in the nucleus of the United States government. You know, that's with time in and time out. My daughter's face was something that I said I would never allow myself to see again in that aspect. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Money, 
Matilda, I don't you know, come on, bro, please. You know I don't Rolexes, Cartier shit, houses, all that shit. Cars. We was, we was BMF before BMF even started, bro. Right. Let's keep it 100. Right. <laughs> Let's keep it 100. But when they came, it was on a whole different level. Right. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I understood what I seen before I went in. So I understood what I was going into. And I understood that when I went into this situation, that I can't come out the same person that I went in. So when you understand that you, what you understand, what you, most recidivism comes from a person that don't understand what they're going in for. And they, they blaming uh, uh, somebody else for why they're going in. So therefore they try to come and recap of what they was once was, you know what I mean? Once you understand that you are not who you are going in, no, once you understand that you're not gonna be the same person coming out as you once once and once once went in, then you I understood that I'm not gonna have the Rolex no more. Right. I understood that I'm not gonna not unless I legitimately get it. And on that note, he said legitimately get it. Right. Meaning who you were when you went in. It, it all depends on what you do while you're in to come out to be a different man, to be reborn again, exactly. basically. And, and that's the, the essence of a hustler. Right, and that's the essence of a hustler. Because you could take anything. And make a dollar out of it. And make a dollar out of it. Why? Because I've seen that from my uncles. Because them niggas used to go sell t-shirts in Manhattan and, right. CD, and, and TDK tapes. Right. I used to wait for these niggas to come back and give me money. My brothers in them. Right. You see what I'm saying? So And with that said, okay. with that said, no, 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 no. With that said, we're gonna wrap it up with a pinpoint podcast. We most definitely want y'all to tune back in exactly. to a part two with Shorty because you know you got fifty plus years of living. You can't get it all in about an hour, hour and a half, two hours max. So what we wanna do is just the gist of this is what he's trying to share with you guys. Everything that he went through morphed him to the man he is today because so, sometimes you got to go through things to be who you are today and then, but not to glorify no doubt and then the transgressions and you gotta have somebody such as jail ministry pinpoint foundation in order to you know be there by your side right wrong and indifferent if you don't got somebody that's there for you right wrong and indifferent in order for you for you to allow you to transform into this person that you are really. Well, nah, we really appreciate that. I ain't expect you to say that, but I thank you. Facts. I wouldn't be. I'm not bleasy. I'm not. This is not. This is no. This is no bullshit. This is no cap. Right. Like, bro, you, you, you gave me. You, 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 you put me in positions to be, to 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 flourish, bro. When I came, listen. When 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 I came home, I came home to your house. Right. I had nowhere to go. I could have went back to Brooklyn. It was your house or Brooklyn. Right. Well, you know, I like to say about that. I thank God that He placed me in a position to be able to be there this is why I for say people it. like me. Because I don't like to take no, no glory. No, 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 no. I always blame God for the good things that I do. Listen, bro. You know you're a motherfucker to deal with too, though, brother. Yeah. We ain't even gonna fuck with. We ain't even gonna play games. <laughs> <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't gonna sit here like you got there, you motherfucker. You, 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 you no, nigga. You're, 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 you're a monster to deal with. But at the end of the day, you, you are a God-given person, bro. 
You know what I mean? Everybody has the way that they deal with the way that they are. But at the end of the day, you're man, you're, you're like you 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 more given, you're an altruistic person. And Appreciate if you don't know that. what altruistic means, it means that a person that gives more than they want to receive. They don't want to receive shit, he got everything. Fuck he want. And he always has, since I known him. Right. You know what I mean? Well, with that said, I would thank y'all. Hey, but I do want to appreciate everybody out there no, to take the time to tune in to the Pinpoint Podcast. Y'all can find us. You can listen to the full story of Shorty. We're coming with a part two. Yeah. You can listen to a full story of Shorty on um, um, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. We're going to be on YouTube. Y'all can tune in to our YouTube, Pinpoint Foundation. That's P-E-N space. P-O-I-N-T-E Space Foundation. That's our YouTube channel. We'd like for y'all to like and subscribe and really listen to it and hope you grab a message out of it. Because at Pinpoint Podcast, all things are real estate. And it's not just about us talking to people that you might recognize, but you got to talk to other people who already done had things, already done been places where you want to go, where you want to be, and where you done been. You feel what I'm saying? It's just not all about a certain group of people. There's other people out here that been through things, that had money, and hey, changed their life for whatever reason, whatever tra- whatever happened in their life. And Pinpoint Podcast, I wish we could stay a little longer. Can I, can I say but go ahead, go ahead, because we're going to toast out. Okay. We're going to give and, Shorty and, the last word. No, no, I just want to say this, right? You know, some people, like, you know, they, they think that, you know, changing their life, has to be in congruence to what they accustomed to, like the lavish lifestyle. Changing the life means just normalcy. No threat to your life. No, 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 no worry about nothing. You can be able to really focus on investing in real estate. You know what I mean? You don't gotta invest in real estate in passing. Like, oh yo, hold on, here goes some bread. Yo, go invest in that property. No, you can like change your life get some type of normalcy, you can really focus on becoming a real estate investor, uh, a real estate agent, a motherfucking, uh, uh, um, uh, what's, what's the people that does the, um, the, the, do the house shit, please uh, The uh, loan officers, no, all the brokers, no, what, what's, what's the, the lenders. That, no, what's the people that do the, go, go over and do the property and then do the uh, appraisals, 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 like, inspections, so many, so many aspects, aspects exactly. of the real estate most, business that you could be, be a part of. Most drug dealers want to be something that is outside of drug dealing. Right. They just don't have the eyes to the, 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 the time to do it because they're so much on the run. Right. I'm not on the run no more, bro. There you go. Hey, peace Mm -hmm. is not being on the run. And we're going to close this out Mm -hmm. with Pinpoint Podcast with peace. We're going to... Hey, there you go. There you go. Hey, love, bro. We're going to do peace. Hey, we hope you guys enjoyed the Pinpoint Podcast. Most definitely tune in in part two. Because we got more to speak about to Mr. Reed, a.k.a. Shorty, a.k.a. Shami who's been through life and adversities. Like I said, we can't put it all in one. But we hope you guys enjoyed the Pinpoint Podcast. And we're looking to see you guys right after with part two with Mr. Reed.